Hello, love, and welcome to the Faith-Based Storyteller Show, where we sharpen and encourage one another in Christ by sharing the testimony that we've experienced in our lives. I'm your host, Michaela Robertson, and thank you for joining me for another day, another week, and another Testimony Tuesday to hear an amazing story from a faith-based storyteller here on the show. Now, I'm super excited to have you guys back again this week because today's testimony comes from an amazing woman of God who has literally allowed obedience and servitude to lead her every step. I mean, like, she's spicy. She's from New York. She is just amazing. She's she's literally just amazing. But to hear her testimony from her teenage years and how she broke into the entertainment industry to who she is now and how she's serving God and serving actors in that industry and helping them tell their story and how to act smarter and how to act better and be better performers and better creatives for the Lord... I'm just so excited. I'm so excited to introduce you guys to my friend, Lydia, Lydia Nicole. Now, Lydia has an amazing testimony, as I was saying, but she also has the heart of a servant. And I believe that's what has carried her from her earlier years, like literally coming from abusive households, allowing comedy to lead her into who she was created to be in the Lord. And I feel like even now to this day, Lydia's servant heart continues to place her in spaces that allow her to not just use her gift for the Lord, but lead other people to use their creative gifts for the Lord. So without further ado, I am so excited to introduce you guys to my friend, Miss Lydia Nicole. Welcome to the show, Lydia. Thank you, Michaela. I love it. I love it. You look gorgeous, by the way. For those who are watching on YouTube, you will see Lydia's radiance just just shining off the screen. But if you're listening on podcasting platforms, she looks absolutely stunning. So thank you so much for joining us. I'm so happy to have you here. I'm delighted to be here. I've been waiting for this moment. (laughs) Well, hopefully I don't disappoint since you've been waiting for this. (laughs) You won't. Well, Lydia, I want to kick us off because you have an amazing testimony. You have been through so much and you carry so much wisdom with all of your years of experience. But before I dive into a few questions, can you tell the people who you are? Share your story with us. Yes. Well, I'm an actor, comedian, producer, daughter of the king, um, and I walk by faith, not by sight. That's my motto. Amen. And what's so interesting is that you went from a, I'm not going to say bad, but I'm going to say a challenged upbringing and background and used comedy um, as a way for the Lord to shine your light. Can you tell us a little bit about how you first got started in acting and how your journey and your career path has gone from little Lydia to who you are today? (laughs) Well, I grew up on the border of Parliament, Spanish Harlem. My mother was a prostitute. My father was a pimp. That is, that is the background of my upbringing. And I was uh, raised by a drag queen. So um, there was nothing else but to be funny. That was, humor came out of a lot of the pain. You know, God God was gracious to give me a really good sense of humor over the stuff. And when I was a kid, I didn't really know that other people didn't 
experience what I was experiencing. So it it was just natural, you know, it was just natural. It wasn't until I got a little older that I started to understand, oh, wait a minute, this is a little different. But with that, God was always with me. Mm-hmm. I, 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 I didn't grow up in a Christian home per se, you know, uh, we didn't go to church, that kind of stuff. But from the time I was four years old, I felt the presence of God. He talked to me. I talked to God just like I'm talking to you. His presence was big in, in, for me, it was big. So I always had a sense uh, that I was taken care of by God, even in the darkest of times, Mm -hmm. I knew God was there. I, I never felt uh, like he had abandoned me or left, or I always, uh, I I would always call out to God. And because of that, years later, I was able to do a, uh, write a show called Calling Up Poppy Mm -hmm. about my childhood growing up in Spanish Harlem and always calling out to the father. And so, um, and, and then that show evolved and it is now called, um, uh, 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 what is it called? <laughs> uh, a Rose Grows in Spanish Harlem. But it, God um, downloaded into me when I was probably about 10 years old mm-hmm. that he had equipped me to speak to children and older people. So I knew that at 10 years old, I didn't know how it was going to manifest, but I always knew that he had called me for a time such as this, even before I knew the Bible, I knew that, uh, that I would be uh, giving testimony of where God brought me out of. Mm -hmm. And so, um, and when I was 10, shortly after he gave me that word, I lived with Amish people for a summer Hmm. and it was the most amazing time. First of all, I told them they needed welfare (laughs) (laughs) because their, their place was sparse. They had no electricity. Mm -hmm. uh, They had no phones. They had no TV. I was like, what is going on here? There was a program in New York called fresh air fun where inner city kids uh, would go off to live either in the suburbs of New York, New Jersey, or Pennsylvania, or Connecticut, and so I had I had done that once before um, in upstate New York with a family, and when I got off the train, um, the little girl who was about my age yelled across the train tracks to her friends saying, we got our welfare baby. It was <laughs> the worst time I ever had, uh, you know, but so when I, when I, my mother was sending me again, I did not want to go. This time I took the bus, went to Lancaster, Pennsylvania, and I saw what I thought were pilgrims mm-hmm. uh, waiting outside the bus. And I was like, oh my God, I hope, I hope I don't get them. Every, every other adult looked normal. And there were these two pilgrims uh, there. And I was the last one to be called. And sure enough, I got to go with the pilgrims. And so, but it turned out to be the most amazing time for me. Um, I got to 
uh, worship with them, how they worshiped. And I went to Catholic school. So it was so everything was so opposite, you know, like we mm -hmm. sat in these very plain, it was a barn that had been converted into uh, a church. And there was just a cross in the front, just a cross. Wow. And I turned to uh, the girl that I was staying, one of the, the children of, of the family I was staying with, and she must have been about 10 years older than me or eight years older than me. And I turned to her, I said, where's Jesus? He is not on that cross. What is going on? And, <laughs> and she said, Jesus has risen. He's Ooh. no longer on the cross. I said, well, where are the saints? So what, so she, come, she, she shared with me what, you know, they didn't believe in saints. And, mm -hmm. and, and so what she did was confirm for me what I had known instinctively going to Catholic school, mm -hmm. you know, that, because I used to argue with the teachers saying, I'm not praying to a, a saint. I want to go right to God. Mm -hmm. So when I went back to Catholic school, it was on. I, I refuse to do communion. I refuse to pray to saints. I'm oh like, no, goodness. that's not how it works. And the only reason I didn't get thrown out of school or get uh, suspended was because I was the class champion seller. I sold everything. I, you know, I let the pack. And so they would just... I would go to the principal's office. He would chat with me and tell me I was his favorite and then send me back upstairs. But I, I came with, you know, uh, questions and I came with comments and I was like, and why can't we read the Bible? What's, why can't we do that? So the, my, my time with the Amish people was life-changing for me. Mm -hmm. You know, it was life-changing and, and so I've known God all my life. <laughs> wow. I love it. I mean, from four years old to 10 years old to being picked up by the pilgrim. <laughs> like it's, it's amazing how God will use everything for the good of those who he's called. And so speaking of a calling, I have a feeling that the title of this episode is going to be called Lots of God, since that was the, the title of your first play. But I am curious, when you did not have a relationship with God, but you knew that you were chosen by him, you didn't quite understand the depths of who he was. What did calling out to God look like during that time, during those days where you you knew there was a, a, a higher presence, you knew that there, your heavenly father was there, but you didn't quite know how to reach out and communicate. Oh no, oh no, oh no. I knew he was there. I had a relationship with him. I talked to him all the time. I didn't I didn't know uh, I couldn't give you bible scriptures or any of that, but he was with me. And at 13, my oldest brother invited me and my oldest sister to go to a, a Pentecostal church. And when we went to the church at the end, they had an altar call and the, the, the pastor who was a recovering addict, a Jewish convert, Christian recovering addict, pastor Jerry Kaufman, uh, said, you know, if you, um, if you love God, uh, you know, come up and receive him. 
And I was like, wait a minute, I love God. So I jumped down. I didn't know what that was. But when he said, if you love God, I was like, yeah, I love God. I love God. I'm going to represent. Mm-hmm. So I, you know, and, and at 13, um, I, I started going to a Pentecostal church. Okay. Uh, I had to sneak out of my house to go because my mother was not feeling it. She would, her thing was you were born a Catholic and you're going to die a Catholic because mm. I'm going to kill you. Oh. <laughs> and so, and, and we had uh, the type of lock that you needed the key from the inside and the outside. So oh she would, she would lock the door, take the key out from the inside. And I would have to crawl out the window to get to church. So, and I would come in my jeans and, and at, at one point I, the pastor uh, took me in his office and he said, you know, uh, we want to bless you with some dresses. And I, that was, that was it for me. I said, first of all, you shouldn't be worrying about what I wear to church. Mm-hmm. I said, and the only reason why I, you know, I come in jeans is because my mother won't let me out the house and I have to, I have to climb out the window. I said, you should be worried about other things, but not how I look. Mm-hmm. So, so I, so about that time I left the church cause I was moving to California and then I found, um, uh, Fred Price's church. And, okay. and that's when I really started to dig in to the word and learn about faith and learn. And I always walked in faith at that time. I would just, I would speak things and manifest them. You know, at 13, mm-hmm. I walked into a radio station and ended up staying there for five years. I just had, a, I had that Joshua uh, chapter one boldness, you know, be strong and, and bold, be be courageous. And I did, I'll, I'd go anywhere. I'd be like, I'm going, you know? So, and then when I came to Los Angeles, I was under Fred Price for about six years. And really he, he did a, a marvelous job at teaching me um, the word and how important it was to study it for myself. Mm-hmm. You know, and he would always tell us, listen, I'm giving you the word, but don't take my word for it. You mm-hmm. need to write it down. So I, it, it, he taught us how to write the word and go back after service and, and study it. And I, and I learned how to speak in tongues. I received the Holy, the infilling of the Holy spirit and um, it just kind of, you know, it was like I was starting to get um, training at that point. You know, mm-hmm. was it? It wasn't a. Um, how do I? How do I explain it? I had God. I knew God. I didn't know religion. Got it. Is mm-hmm. the difference? And I, I was always clear about. I have a relationship with my father. Mm-hmm. I didn't know my physical father. But I had a relationship with my creator father. And that is and and that is how I've always walked, you know, and talk to him like I talk to you and fuss with him like I fuss with people. But I never um what you see is what you get, you know. I yep. and I always say, God, you know my heart. Yep. <laughs> I got a problem. Let's work on it, you know, because I want to be the best me I can be. You know, that is my thing uh, today. 
I want to be the best me I can be. I couldn't, I couldn't tell you that when I was in my teens and twenties, but I can tell you that today. Amen. I love it. It just from hearing your journey, it sounds like God has always been setting the stage for you. And so from childhood to moving out to LA, it's like you have been trained. You got the part at an early age. He wanted you to know him. You knew him. You represented for him. You were the star of your own show. Um, and you let God direct you wherever he needed to. It's like he's always been setting the stage for you. When you went into acting, how did you navigate the acting world while also balancing your faith? Because I know that in the acting world, um, it, it's hard for a lot of people in Hollywood to boldly live out their faith um, or they there's separation of church and state. You're a Christian on Sundays, but Monday through Saturday, you're whatever the part is. How did you manage to, to balance that? Well, when I came to Los Angeles, I was finding my way, learning, you know, just learning the the lay of the land, so to speak. Mm -hmm. You know, I I was very fortunate because I worked at a radio station in New York. I was able to um, come to LA and get a job in radio in in records very quickly. You know, God's God was opening doors for me because I had no clue what I was doing. I came to Los Angeles with five hundred dollars in my pocket, mm -hmm. uh, a bag. Uh, uh, a suitcase of my plays, my my theater plays and books, and a and a suitcase of clothes. I didn't know where I was gonna stay. Really, I didn't know what kind of job I was gonna have. I was eighteen. I didn't know anything, but God's hand was on me, and so I worked at at this uh, uh, record company, um, and and just started finding my way. You know, I lived with, I got to live with my brother and his wife for about a year and a half and then was able to transition on my own. And, and then right after that, I, I found Fred Price on TV. He was like the first minister that I had seen okay. on TV other than, um, uh, Crystal Cathedral. Um, and so I would watch him and I would be so fired up and one day at work, I, I I started working at a radio station um, when I moved on my own. And the woman who was our head boss's secretary mentioned that she went to Fred Price's church. And I just freaked out. I was like, you, you go to Fred Price's church? I want to go to Fred Price's church. And so I she took me and it it really started to help me. But... I was a ghetto kid. And so when I would offer people to come with me to church, you know, because I said, you should come to church with me. It's really good. I mean, he is, he is so good. He's funny. And, and because I didn't know religion, I was just sitting under somebody who was a teacher so that I wasn't really caught up in the whole traditional uh, uh, religious thing. Um, I would take people to church and when they would give the altar call, I would elbow them. You better go up there and get saved. You, you need Jesus. And so, so I have a lot of friends that I, I bruised physically trying to get them to receive Jesus. So it took me, it took me a few years to understand, first of all, 
that I am not to argue with anybody regarding the word of God or God. And I am not to force anybody that mm. to come to God, that he wants us to come freely, yes. that it is, it is our choice. You know, it is for us to make the decision. Nobody else, nobody else. So it took me a while to get that, but I had a love for the Bible. I would read the Bible and then he, and I, I remember getting, um, uh, uh, Fred talked about the concordance. So mm -hmm. I ran to this uh, Bible bookstore and bought me this huge concordance. And then I bought me like two different versions of the Bible. And mm -hmm. I would get up there and, and, and start going through stuff. And oh my God, that was like heaven for me. So probably the first 10 years, I was trying to find my way when I got out here. And, and I, I wasn't um, playing church. I was just trying to figure life out. And it wasn't until um, I got pregnant out of wedlock. Mm -hmm. and, and I had started going to another church. It was it, at the time I started going, there were only 15 people there. Um, and, I, and so the first day I went, 10 of them looked like they were going to die at any minute. Oh no! And I had gone. A friend of mine had turned me on to it that uh, uh, that I had worked with. He said, "You really need to go to this church. They're new. They're they're starting, but this is where you should go." So I went, and I was already feeling like it was time for me to transition from Fred's church. And so um, I so I went and I looked, and I was like, hey, "These people are getting ready to die. I don't know if I want to be here." So I went. So the reason I was going there was that. He told me I have I had a desire to have a Bible study in my house for my showbiz friends who didn't want to go to church. But I was thinking, well, maybe if they'll come to my house and I can make them some food and they can hear the word, then we can get them in. So yep. I said to the pastor, I said, yeah, so-and-so uh, told me to come that you would do a Bible study in my home. He said, well, you know, for me to do a Bible study in your home, you have to be part of this church. I said, oh no, you, you ain't got nobody. <laughs> I said, Let me think about it. So for six months, I, I fluctuated between him and Crenshaw. And then finally I, I knew in my heart, that's where I was supposed to be. And I ended up staying there for 32 years. Wow. And I learned what it was to be a member of the church to serve. I learned what it was to serve because at Crenshaw, I just went to eat. Mm -hmm. I, I would go in, you know, I wanted to sit up front. So they had a, a rule that if you brought a new person, you, you got dibs in the front. So I've always made sure... For those six years, I always brought somebody so I could be in that short line. But when I started going to the Oasis, I we folded the chairs. We we opened the chairs. Mm -hmm. I, I mean, I was intercessor. I was babysitter. I did whatever needed to do. During the week, I would go to the church office and fold envelopes and do, you know, I did whatever was needed. And I learned what it was to have a servant's heart in church. Mm -hmm. I learned what it was to stand in the gap for people in prayer. 
I learned, um, you know, I would pray, I would pray, I would pray. And I remember one time I was in a woman's Bible study. I was praying with, we would get these partners and I was praying with this woman. And in the spirit, I saw her covered in jewels. Mm. Like, and they weren't little Jews. These jewels were as big as my phone. They were huge. And I went, oh God, I want that. You know, and I said it out loud. Everybody looked at me and I said to her, you know, you got jewels all over you. I just saw, and and I didn't, that was the first time that I had that kind of, uh, uh, that I had that visual as I was praying for somebody. And so, you know, God started speaking to me and, and I just started uh, being open to let the Holy Spirit speak through me. And then I, I know I'm going a long way around your no, question this is, this but is, good. It is coming. Um, so I did a film called Stand and Deliver. Mm -hmm. It was a very challenging time on that set um, for many reasons for myself. I can't speak for anybody else, but for me, it was it was very challenging. And when it was over, um, uh, when it started, I had the third lead. When it was over, I was like a glorified extra. They cut out, they gutted my my character but god spoke to me because i went to the screening i was like i'm not even in this movie I, I i'm done and god spoke to me the next day he said you are gonna minister to people through this film mm. and i was like and i sat with that i was like well, i don't know about that and then i just i just surrendered i said whatever you want whatever you want i will do well he downloaded more. He gave me information. He said, I want you to go do this. And I and I called up uh, the star's personal publicist and I said, hey, uh, God told me I'm supposed to do this. And I and I had no filter. You know, God told me I'm supposed to do this and blah, 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 blah. I, I, you know, can I take you to lunch so we could talk about this? I took him to lunch that day. And then he, you know, he treated me like I was an idiot. But it was okay because... Whenever God said something to me, I just, I was like, well, God said, and I, I'll back up real quick just to uh, say what got me there. I had an opportunity to meet Bill Cosby. Mm -hmm. uh, nothing bad ever happened, praise the Lord. But I got to meet Bill Cosby through, um, through a bunch of circumstances and I, you know, and I asked him for a job. And so he was sending me to go meet all these people and blah, blah, blah. And so when I called, he said, well, call the head of the studio and tell him I said so. So whenever he gave me uh, something to do, I followed the directions. And when people mm -hmm. tried to give me pushback, I said, well, Bill said, mm -hmm. Bill said, I'm supposed to. And that's how Bill said, blah, blah, blah. Well, one day when I was praying, God said, it would be so nice if you said, God said. Mm. And I flew, That when I heard that, I flew, jumped up off of my, I was already standing, but I jumped and I said, yes, yes, Father, I will always say what you say. No man, uh, I will not be, uh, saying what somebody says, but I will say what you say. So after that, I would just tell, you know, when God talked to me, I would just tell people, God said, but God said, so 
going back. So I told this man, I, you know, and then he said, well, you need to do this. And uh, I don't think it's going to happen, but a proposal, do a proposal. I didn't even know what that was, but I called a friend of mine. It was Friday afternoon. I called, I said, listen, we got to do this proposal and I got to have it in by Monday. And I called people in New York I, and I told them what I was doing. Everybody, everybody was on board. I got everybody. It was like God opened the door. Monday morning, I handed, I, I made copies of the proposal, took it to uh, the studio, handed it. I, I must have been like 20 copies, handed it to the publicist and said, here you go. Went back home and it was before we had cell phones or even pagers. As soon as I got home, my phone was ringing. And the, and the guy said, uh, the head of, of, of the studio of publicity wants you here now. I got back in my car, went back over there, sat down, and then he came up to me and said, and don't say God told you. I said, okay. So the woman walked in and she, she, I had given her itinerary of what I could do. And she just came in. She says, when do you want to go? Mm. Did not ask me any for any credentials, nothing. So from that, I started going and speaking at, at schools and organizations across the country for a whole year. I would go and, and, and minister to people. I laid hands on people. I prayed for people. It was like, okay. Um, and so I was doing, you know, I was finding my way. I didn't have uh, mentors to guide me uh, uh in, from the church. I didn't really have, our church was still kind of young and we were still going. And even though I was involved in intercessory prayer with people, I didn't really have people that I could look up for counsel. So. But you I, did though. You did because you had God. I had God. God, God told you to do this. Yes. And so he yes. sent you to whoever you needed to go to at that time and place, whoever it was, whether they believed or they didn't believe, he used them to make sure that you had what you needed for you to carry out his vision for you. And it's so amazing how you said you sat in that theater for this movie that you were supposed to be in and you weren't in, but you still ended up ministering and traveling the world and using that movie to spread the word of God everywhere that you went. Like, that's so amazing. And I think one thing, I had to write it down because I was like, this is so good. Because <laughs> I know you were like, I know I'm not answering your question. I was like, oh, but you are. Because one thing I absolutely love is that throughout everything that you've shared today, you had a servant's heart. And I'm learning just by listening to you what it means to have a servant's heart. And it's truly just obedience and following directions. Because even when you were like, well, Bill said, well, Bill told me to tell you, it's like, okay, well, when God said, how about we switch up the language? It's not Bill, he's my son, it's not Bill, it's me, God said, um, you still follow directions. You were obedient and you did exactly what God told you to do in order, whether you knew how to do it or not, he positioned people in your life to help you with the proposal. He positioned people in your life to be like, this girl is wild, but when you go in here, say this and this, don't say this. Um, and he positioned you to be who and where you are today. So the fact that you didn't have uh, earthly counsel around you, you had angelic counsel to guide you and to go before you and to prepare a place for you in every single room you stepped in. Like that is 
amazing. And he, you know, who he calls, he qualifies. And, and I will say yes. this, that I did not, you know, I was still a wild child. I was still having sex out of wedlock. I was the dirty mouth. I was still doing stuff. But when I heard God say things to me, I was whatever, let's do it. So there was like two sides of me. <clears throat> there was the side that when I heard God speak, I was there. When, and then, you know, then my flesh was in other places. Um, and as far as the acting, even though I was in the church that had industry people, they were not supportive uh, if you were trying to, you know, find your way as a creative. They were like, well, maybe God doesn't want you to do this, blah, blah, blah. But yet they were, they would fawn over established people. So it was like, okay. and I remember having a conversation with God and saying, okay, so here's how we're going to do this because I really want to be acting. I really want to be doing this. This is what's in my heart. And so you're only allowed in certain areas in my life mm. because from what I was listening to in the church was that I couldn't really be an artist and follow God. And I didn't know enough of the word to know that that was false. Mm -hmm. I just was like, well, I, you know, that, that street side of me, well, I don't know about that. I'm going to still be doing my stuff. And it wasn't until uh, a, a, a few years later, I met a, a minister named Tim Story, mm -hmm. who changed my life because I went uh, first of all, how I met him was he was coming to our church to speak and I was driving to get to church and I see this guy uh, driving past me and he looked like at the time um, Miami Vice was huge and he looked like a character from Miami Vice. He had a convertible Mercedes. He looked really good, clean. I said, oh my God, there's a drug dealer by the church. Oh. And so... <laughs> I'm tickled. I'm laughing with myself. And I get to the church. I sit in the front row because it was a small, we were in a small church at that time, a small building at that time. And I'm in the front row. And all of a sudden, the drug dealer comes and sits right next to me. And I'm, <laughs> and I'm the, I, I think this is the funniest thing. I said, oh, the drug dealer's in the house. I said, you know, at the, the beginning, they say, you know, turn and greet the person next to you. I turned, I greeted, I was like, and then all of a sudden my pastor introduces him and he gets up I'm like, oh my god he's not a drug dealer <laughs> and so uh a couple of days later he had a uh hollywood bible study he was just starting these hollywood bible studies and a friend of mine at the time was uh was connected and she said hey tim is doing a hollywood bible study come come with me so i went with her and when he spoke, it was like he spoke to my spirit. He just spoke direct. I was like, oh, I, there's nothing wrong with me. God created me to be the artist. Mm -hmm. So he would do Bible studies uh, once a week. Um, I think it was like, no, it was once a month he would do these Bible studies in Hollywood. And so I started going and that started to change my life because I realized I could integrate God into every aspect of my life yes. that he wasn't trying to keep me from being an artist. 
he created me to be the artist. So it started to help me uh, uh, make adjustments and not be rebellious. Cause I, you know, there, I was rebellious. I was like, well, yeah, you're not gonna take the acting from me. And, but being rebellious um, separates you from God. Hey there, Storyteller. I just want to interrupt this episode really quick to let you know that Faith Audio Network is now open. Faith Audio Network is our community for storytellers like you, storytellers who listen to podcasts like this, storytellers who know they have a voice and they know that God has given them a powerful gift to be able to go out and speak for him, to give him glory. So if you know that you are interested in joining a community that is going to hold you accountable, that is going to pray with you, that is going to intercede on your behalf, and that's going to sharpen your faith, this is the community for you. To learn more and to register, please visit faithaudionetwork.com. That's faithaudionetwork.com. Mm-hmm. You know, because you, you're you not in alignment with him. So I was not in alignment with him because I thought, well, you know, I'll do my stuff and, you know, I'll let him. He can go in the living room and the kitchen and in the bathroom, but he can't come in my closet. See, he, he's not welcome in my bedroom. He just can only, you know, like you have guests and mm-hmm. you, you, you got to go to the bathroom. Okay, I'll take you to the bathroom. Now I'll take you back. I don't want you looking at any part. And that's how I was with God. And and so what Tim's teaching helped me do was integrate God into every part of my life. Because up until mm-hmm. I started going to uh, the Oasis, God was in every area. I, I It wasn't, he wasn't uh, separate from any area. But when I started going to the Oasis and I was listening to these people, then I was like, oh, wait a minute. Oh, oh, I'm not supposed to do that. Maybe that, you know, and I was like, mm, that doesn't sound right. But I didn't know enough to say, God, can we have a conversation about this? Mm-hmm. I just, I, I automatically received what they said as truth and alienated from my, myself from God. And I had one, I was walking up, I used to go walking up the canyon. And so I was walking up one day and I, at this time I had been doing stand-up comedy and I had a group and we were, we had some success, but there was a, a a person in the group who was giving a lot of pushback. And I said, God, this, you know, please, uh, this girl, you know, this is for all of us. And, and there's great opportunities here. And, and can we, and he said, I didn't tell you to do it. Mm. I said, but God, he said, I didn't tell you to do it. And I remember uh, uh, wrestling with him on that walk, but then I came back down and I said, I'm letting it go. And so I started learning how to let go was what was not a God idea. It yes. might've been a good idea, but it, it wasn't, wasn't a God, God idea. And so through that, I started seeking after God. You know, it was like, okay, you gave me this, you haven't failed me in other areas. Like when I was speaking to, uh, when I when I would go out to speak because of the movie, I was able to then um, I started I started being requested to go speak at all kinds of places. I was mm-hmm. going to inner city schools. I was going to the youth prisons. I was doing and and so I never went in my. Uh, it was never about me in those places. It was like, well, what do you want, God? 
because I was not equipped in my own, you know, I didn't know how to write a speech or any of that. I would just say, okay, talk to me, tell me. And, and a lot of times uh, nothing, nothing happened until I actually took the mic, but mm -hmm. I was confident that God would speak through me. So yeah. all I had to do was open my mouth and what was needed. And that was always my prayer. Lord, speak through me. So it was, you know, so as an artist, I've learned that God has equipped us to be the artist. And we just have to walk trusting him to open the right doors and to close the wrong doors and not to try to, uh, you know, I used to, used to um, try to make deals with God. Well, if you give me this, I'm going to do. And, and, mm -hmm. and I learned that that was not, godly that it's just knowing that he's got you that yeah. if you just trust the right doors open just just do what he told you to do what did he tell you to do just just be obedient with that so so that's what i started learning how to uh do and just trusting him and letting go of my of my ghetto stuff <laughs> Like you can take the ghetto girl out of the hood, but the hood will always remain in the girl. It's what gets you to the next level. And God will use the hood in order to get other people out of the hood. So he has definitely used you how it came back to just obedience. Like you were just obedient and you followed directions. You were, you wanted to serve God, even when you didn't know, even when you was ghetto. Even when you was out here in these streets, you still wanted to serve God. And in doing so, he, you, you, what is the scripture? Seek and you will find and knock and the door will be open to you or ask and you will Can receive. I tell you that that has been my prayer for the last month. I'm asking Lord, I'm seeking after you and I'm knocking yes. and I am open and waiting for your answer. And, and that, and that scripture has um, become so deep in me. It's like, okay, asking, seeking, knocking. Mm -hmm. And, and you know, that and the prayer of Jabez. Mm -hmm. uh, I'll let know, you enlarge my territory. Yeah, bless me, bless me and enlarge my territory. Keep your hand upon me and keep evil from me. Amen. You know, it, it is that thing of, uh, uh, we want the wisdom we're, we're seeking, you know, and, and, and being able to say, your will, Lord, what do you want? You know, mm -hmm. what do you want? Send me, but you know, and, and as I go, tell me what I'm doing, you know, cause we don't want to, we don't want to show up somewhere and, and not be equipped. You know, mm -hmm. we want God's right timing. Another prayer of mine is Lord, put me in the right place at the right time with the right people to fulfill the destiny and calling you created me for. Amen. You know, that's, that's the, that's the word, you know? And so, um, yeah. And, and so for the last 10 years, I've been doing a, uh, YouTube channel for artists just to give them clarity, give them the word, um, bringing people to speak to them, mm -hmm. uh, something Tim, I learned from Tim, um, when I first started going, he would say, I'm not speaking to you. I'm speaking to your spirit. Mm -hmm. and I and I and so that was my thing when I would go out it was like I'm speaking to these people's spirits I you know I am I know that 
seed is being planted in mm -hmm. good soil because I'm speaking to their spirit. You know, when I would go in the prison, that was my that was my conversation when when the sheriffs would would give me pushback. Why are you coming here to talk to these kids? They're knuckleheads. They don't deserve. I said, Oh no, oh no, they. Mm -hmm. They are receiving what I have for them because I am on an assignment from God, you know, and it, you know, it, it, it's, it's that faith walk. Yeah. It, it's, and, and the more I get to learn God, the more I see that I have to walk in faith. It's walking by faith and not by sight. Mm -hmm. It's out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. So, we got to download the word into our heart and make our heart so that it is bold and courageous and not fearful or not weak or not sickly, mm -hmm. but that it's bold, it's courageous. It is, it, it, it is lining up with God's word so that when we speak, it's his word coming back out, not yeah. our flesh, not our fear, not our doubt. I, I was listening to uh, this minister, Charles Caps, he's passed on, but he's on YouTube. And so I was listening to him and he was saying the problem with people and faith sometimes is they have faith uh, in their head, but it's not in their heart. In their heart is doubt. So it the faith never manifests mm -hmm. because they're at odds with each other. And, and it's that thing of we have to align all of ourselves with faith for what God says and not get caught up in temporary stuff, you know, well, it, I don't see it changing. Well, I don't see it changing. You know, we mm -hmm. can't, we, we can't waver, you mm -hmm. know, because faith requires a total commitment, a total uh, intentionality yep. to say, I'm, I, you know, I'm believing you, Lord, no matter what it looks like. I know you will be working behind the scenes on my behalf. So let's go. Let's go. You let's are doing go. I'll tell you this one last story about a faith walk. Mm -hmm. I, I, I needed a car, didn't have a car. Well, I had a car. I had broken down. I called it the glory car because it was smoke. Uh, glory clouds would come out of the car uh, and I would have to jump out because I kept thinking, Oh my God, this car's gonna blow up. But there were like these big white clouds. And so I'd have to pray for the car to stop, pray for the car to start. I would have to go under the hood, take out the, the plug so it would stop, put the plug back in, and finally it died. And I was like, okay, Lord, I need a car. And I, I uh, my credit was shot. I didn't have stuff, but I was on a mission to walk by faith and not by sight. And I was like, I'm trusting you, Lord. I'm yes. trusting you for this. And for nine months, I was without a car. I, I this was before Uber. Yeah. Uh, and and in LA, you know, you need a car. And so I, but I was determined that I was going to believe God for my car, even though my credit was not good. I, I didn't have a regular job, you know, acting, you get, you get it when you get it. And, but I was believing for a car and I had about two meltdowns in the, the nine months that I was doing, but I was determined to trust God for the car. So at the end of the ninth month, I woke up one morning, I said, this is it. Today is the day I'm going to get a car. Mm -hmm. And I went to the dealer and I said, you know, I want to get a car. And he, went through my credit. He says, well, your credit is horrible. 
I said, I don't care. I said, God told me I was going to get a car today and I'm getting a car today. So it's either you gives me the car or I will go somewhere else and get it. But I am having a car today. I said, and don't try to shame me because there's a lot of rich people who have have filed bankruptcy and, Mm -hmm. and they're doing fine. I said, so don't, I said, I'm getting a car. I walked out of that place with a car. Because I was, nothing had changed. And let me just say this, in the natural, nothing had changed. My credit was still not good. I didn't have a regular job to give us pay stubs. But that nine months, I was exercising faith. I was, that muscle was being exercised. So Faith comes by hearing and hearing the word of God and applying the word, applying it, trusting God, trusting God, no matter what it looks like, no matter what it seems to trust God, that he is not going to hang you out to dry, Mm -hmm. that he didn't bring you out this far to let you drown, that he is going to do what he said he was going to do. Mm -hmm. And your timing is not his timing. You just have to know that his timing is always the right timing. So I just. Amen. Thank you so much for sharing that testimony. It's so funny. My husband has the exact same story. And this is when we were just dating. He had literally the exact same story. Went in no credit, no nothing, walked out with the car because you trusted God. But it's just like you said, when it comes to faith, uh, out of the abundance of your heart, your mouth will speak. And even earlier when you were talking about Tim, Tim spoke to the spirit. And so your faith, even though nothing in the carnal had changed, your faith spiritually spoke to his spirit. And he was like, look, either I'm going to get tired of this girl and I need to get her out of here by giving her a car or she might be onto something. So let me see how this plays out in her favor. And at the end of the day, you walked away with what the Lord had in store for you. So like, that's amazing. You have an amazing yeah. testimony. Like, and it's, and it's walking in, in the assurance of God that he is going to do what he said he's going to do. You know, that's the thing. It's like, uh, I've prayed for many people. I've prayed for many people who were on their deathbed. Mm-hmm. Some people received the healing and some people did not but it mm-hmm. never changed what God said. And I would, and and what I learned to do, because in the beginning I would be so devastated if I prayed for somebody, if I stood in the gap for them and prayed and they died. I was, I remember the first two times it happened, I was so done with God. I, mean, I prayed for them, I prayed. He said, but that's not what they wanted. Mm-hmm. We go back to what I said in the beginning. It, Everybody has to come according to themselves. You can't, you can't pray. You can pray for someone, but they have to receive it. They have to want it. They, and, and the third time it happened, I was praying for a friend of mine. I had, I had prayed her from death's door twice already, but the third time, um, she had too much fear in her mm. and I have prayed. And I remember when the, uh, I got a call saying she's going, she's, she's, you know, she's slipping away. 
And I was praying and God said, that is how she wants to go. And I remember a peace coming over me. And I went to, I went to, I, I was on my way to the hospital, got to the hospital and saw her spirit leave. Wow. I saw her spirit leave at that time. And I had ministered to her. I mean, she wasn't a Christian, but I have been ministering to her. I've been standing with her. You know, I was telling her that uh, I was just giving it to her. But but there was a piece that happened at the end of that. And it showed me that I can stand in the gap for people. I can pray for them. But I, it is about their, uh, they have to receive. They have to know. And sometimes the body is tired. And yeah. people just want uh, freedom from the pain that they're going through. They They don't they don't for whatever reason they have made a decision yeah. that it is time for them to go and so uh, you know i, I just want to say that because sometimes we pray over people and, and and i hate to hear pastors go well you know we never know why that, that's not what the bible says the bible says ask mm -hmm. if you ask him why did this happen he's going to tell you mm -hmm. you know he doesn't give you the gift of of tongues without giving you interpretation well this is what you know it's like that that sometimes we are ignorant to the word and we have to study the word to show ourselves approved unto god we have to we have to study we can't take somebody no matter if it's a pastor or a leader we have to know the word ourselves because yeah. that is our responsibility as children of god you know we i i I love you. I think you are amazing, but I can't take your word for what the Bible says. I got to go. Give me that scripture. Let me go in there and look. Who was, was it the church of Berea when Paul was, I think it was the church of Berea, but Paul would speak and it would be the church of Berea. They'd be like, uh, hold on. Okay. That's right. Continue. Yeah. And, <laughs> like, there's no, and, and, and you should, the Bible says, uh, let his word be, uh, approved by, I'm, I'm, I'm botching this up, but it's like by two or three witnesses, let his word come forth. You know that God is never going to give you a word without confirmation. Amen. You know, I, if I give you a, a prophetic word, it mm -hmm. means nothing unless somebody else that don't know us, don't know the conversation comes and tells you the same word because that's how right. God works. That's he right. will give it to you two and three times. And that is how you know. I, I, the first time I was, I was prophesied to was from Fred Price. The second time I was prophesied to was from Tim Story. They did not know each other in the, that they. Oh well, I talked to her, you know, two years ago. You talked to her. Now it was the exact same word coming mm -hmm. back to say, okay, this is what I got for you. This is, and I mean, it was like I was standing there, and then somebody else said the same word to me. I got it three times. I was like, okay, I hear you. I hear you. But that we as Christians have to be responsible with the word. We have to, that faith comes by hearing, but we got to be careful how we hear. And we got to go to make sure that that's, mm -hmm. that's accurate. And, and we're not being flighty Christians or flaky Christians or fruity Christians, mm -hmm. but we're being faithful Christians. Amen. You know? Amen. Lydia, I could sit here and talk to you all day. Um, but I know we've come toward the end of, to, toward the end of our time. 
Um, tell the people about Acting Smarter. So you started us off talking about how you always knew and God told you that you were going to help young people and old people. Tell me about Acting Smarter and how you are walking in that promise that God gave you now. Well, it started out as uh, the uh, my YouTube channel. I started doing it because I have a friend who had no common sense. And so I started writing down all the crazy stuff she would do. And then I, then I started recording it and just kind of giving little, uh, little lessons. Mm -hmm. um, and, and then I looked up and 10 years had, had already passed and I was doing all these videos to help actors because I didn't want anybody being taken advantage of and to give the word. And so I would mix in prayers and here's how you read the word. And, you know, and, and whenever I talk, I'm always interjecting a scripture here mm -hmm. and there because that's how I I live it's like yeah, okay you said me... integrate God into everything you do that's right mm -hmm. so um because of you uh about two months ago I switched it up a bit and started a podcast called acting smarter now and and have been doing that and it's you know doing interviews with industry people to talk about their careers to talk about their walks whether they're christian or not but just to give people um direction and guidance in the business as a business and from that i created a planner called acting my acting smarter planner and it's also a course called acting smarter now and so in it, I weave in, you know, a biblical principles. Mm -hmm. That's because we're supposed to do that. You know, the world in the world integrates biblical principles. They just don't tell you it's in the Bible. Mm -hmm. You know, you will hear a businessman say, "As a man thinketh, so is he." Well, that's a Proverbs. Uh -huh. proverbs. That's Proverbs, <laughs> and you know, it, it's like you know, uh, 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 manifesting, you know, speak what you want. That's in the Bible. Mm -hmm. Life and death are in the power of the tongue. Choose yeah. what you're going to say. So it is, um, so, you know, we, we have to, we have to be examples. We have to be the light to the world and Amen. the salt to the earth. <laughs> Amen. Where can people find you? Where can they check out the Acting Smarter Planner or Acting Smarter Now podcast? Where yes. can people find you? So you can go to actingsmarternow.com or actingsmarternowpodcast.com. I love it. Lydia, thank you so much for your time. Now, before I leave, I ask the same three questions. So I'm going to run these questions by you. You just let me know the first thing that comes to mind. So the first question is, Lydia, what does it mean to you to be about your father's business? Oh, it means he trusts me, mm. that he can trust me. And based on your testimony, he has trusted you. I love that. I love that. Uh, my second question is, what are you grateful for in this season of your life? Learning. I'm grateful for learning. I, I am under so many wonderful teachers like yourself. And I'm just grateful. I'm grateful for the um, accountability that I have people that I'm accountable to. Um, I have, I get fellow, I get to fellowship with them weekly. 
Um, and that means a lot to me, you know, that I am in, I am in, uh, I am enveloped by great people. Amen. Amen. Especially since I now know how you were saying, I didn't have counsel back then. And now you have a whole community of multiple communities, because I'm in other communities with you too. Multiple communities, just amazing people that God has placed in your life. Amen. Uh, my last question for you, Lydia, is this podcast was derived from Proverbs 27:17 that states that as iron sharpens iron, one man or one woman sharpens another. How are you sharpening the storytellers in your life? Um, mm, that's a good question. I hope that I am sharpening them by my actions and by my commitment to do better every day. Amen. Lydia, thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you for sharing uh, multiple testimonies. Thank you for sharing the word of faith that God you know, placed in your heart to deliver. I'm so grateful for you. I am so grateful that God has blessed you as a faith-based storyteller to go out and help other actors act smart and tell their stories and not be taken advantage of by the system, um, but also just for your obedience. Like you have exhibited a servant's heart uh, throughout your lifetime and it continues to shine and radiate through this podcast, through this screen, through this conversation, because it just brings me back to how we all need to be obedient. We need to follow directions when they're given to us and we need to integrate God into everything in our life. So thank you so much. And thank you for being an awesome leader. All right, loves, didn't I tell you that Lydia was amazing? She's amazing and her testimony is just so powerful. And I just love to hear just the just every single event, every single situation that took place in her life that led her to where she is now. Like if you want to support Lydia, make sure you grab the Acting Smarter Workbook. Um, all the links to connect with Lydia are going to be down below. But she is doing amazing work um, just for a lot of creatives. You know, we are artists. All each and every one of us is given a gift. Like you think about the, the parable of the talents. Each and every one of us has a talent and a gift. And we are called to create artwork for the Lord. And so everything that we do is a work of art because we are creating after our creator has given us the gift to create. And so the fact that Lydia has stepped into her power as an artist, as an actor, as a comedian, um, and just utilizing all of her gifts, I feel like that is something that we all are called to in this season. So regardless of the industry that you think you're going to be in for the rest of your life, if God is giving you a gift, if he's giving you many talents, work your gift. Work your art, exercise your art in different ways, in different forms, in different shapes, and allow everything that God has given you to be a blessing to this world. So again, connect with Lydia. All the links are going to be down below. If this podcast episode resonated with you, please like, comment, subscribe, share. It means the world. And if you are looking to get in community with other faith-based storytellers who are using their voice for the Lord, make sure you sign up for the Faith Audio Network. We're a community of faith-based storytellers who encourage and sharpen each other in Christ, who help each other build up our faith, and who also help each other own our voice so that we can use those creator's gifts in the marketplace. So make sure you go ahead and join Faith Audio Network. Again, thank you guys so much for joining me for another episode of the Faith-Based Storyteller Show. Until next time, remember that God loves you and so do I. Talk to you in the next episode. Bye!